Welcome to the 127th edition of Maple Wrestling Majestic again. I am Tiger Height. And I am Peanut Gallery. So, we're just going to hop right into it. We have a lot going on. We have a lot to talk about. Let's first talk about Raw on my soapbox. Drew McIntyre. Did he join Judgment Day or is he just aligned with Judgment Day? Like what Carlito is with the LWO. I don't know, but... This was a great clay, uh, cliffhanger. McIntyre needed the heel turn. He was already sort of testing the waters anyway. But what does this mean for war games? Because there's already four on four, unless they're going to be adding McIntyre. But I can't remember the was, war games were always five on five, right? Nope, not always. Oh, really? Oh, all right. So I guess they can add him there, but... I thought this was a great way because he interrupted the tag title match and this was the final picture for it. So overall, this gets a full thumbs up. Really, nothing here stood out to me as like that big grandiose match, unfortunately. I mean, it was an acceptable show, but it wasn't exceptional. So it wasn't like a Raw to go out of your way and watch. It just felt like a Raw. A good Raw... Perfectly acceptable if you have some time to kill, but not one to go out of your way for. So other than the main event, there's not really too much else to talk about. NXT, oh, and by the way, I totally forgot, Raw got 1.467 million instead of 1.522. And it was a 0.44 demo instead of a 0.47. So it went down in both. Now, let's get back to NXT. NXT had 703,000 watch instead of 794 and a 0.21 instead of a 0.26. So two shows, two downs. Not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, but we're just going to roll with it because I like this show. I actually enjoyed this NXT more than Raw. I thought the main event between Wesley and Baron Corbin was good. I really liked the Brawling Brutes match with OTM. Uh, the stuff with Trick Williams and Joe Coffey was nice, especially with the Carmelo Hayes stuff. So a lot of stuff here worked, but there was one that kind of didn't for me, and that was the Tag Team Championships, where it went from Chase University back to the D'Angelo family within a span of, like, what, two weeks? Something like that. So it's like why did why bother putting the titles on Andre Chase and again testing the waters yeah but there's another way to test the waters other than them having uh, the tag titles why do that it just it, it doesn't make sense at, at least to me personally uh, other than that there wasn't really a whole lot outside of there that sort of uh, blew me out of the water so it was once again acceptable but not out of your way to you know get it okay so, uh, Dynamite, and usually I harp on Dynamite. I liked more on this Dynamite than I hated. It was the go-home show fourfold year. You wouldn't have known that at all, given uh, how they booked this kitten caboodle, like, to be honest with you. Oh, that street fight, though. Uh, Kota Bushi apparently discovered McDonald's. He is, he does not have that muscle mass. He does mm -hmm. not look like the megastar. And somehow he turned whiter. I have no idea how he managed to do that. It was very impressive. And that bicycle spot was absolute ass. <laughs> but despite that one spot, it didn't ruin the match for me. I actually enjoyed it. I don't know how Paul White managed to get his ass on top of a thing with Powerhouse Hobbs. And then a it, Powerhouse Hobbs scoop slammed him into a car. Holy I was shocked. 
But really, that was the only spot that Paul White had. He and Powerhouse went to the back pretty much immediately, mm -hmm. which led to me saying, why in the hell was he in the match in the first place? But once again, other than that, I did like this match. Uh, the Young Bucks doing heel tactics. We saw that follow-up. The Guns faced jobbers. There was a lot of jobber matches. I wasn't a big fan of that either. Uh, the Swerve and Hangman Page segment was good. It was very good, and I think with the match, it sort of fit. Mm -hmm. uh, MJF segment meant absolutely nothing. He said nothing. He did nothing. And the show itself had 823,000 instead of 804. And it was a point to eight demo instead of a point to seven. But usually go home shows tend to have bigger ratings anyway. But that was really it for Dynamite. Let's go into Impact. Other, once again, I don't have numbers for this one. And the main event was Will Ospreay and Josh Alexander. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. There were people who had a problem with the Sunny Kiss and Trinity match. Do you people realize that Sunny Kiss is gender fluid? Right. They can face anybody yep. pretty much under those circumstances. Yep. And yeah, I get it. Biological. But guess what? It's pro wrestling. It is violent theater. You can literally have Trish Stratus wrestle Andre the Giant, and they can make it work somehow. Right. And it's, Sunny Kiss just happens to make it work because Sunny Kiss is of a smaller disposition. So yeah, it Sunny, works Sunny perfectly Kiss, well. Yeah. And they actually had a fun... I like this match. I thought it was a perfectly acceptable match. Uh, Sunny Kiss was one of those stars they were really touting within AEW mm -hmm. very early on. Uh, but then they just sort of lost interest. We'll, we'll talk about the shiny objects that Tony Khan likes. We will. Uh, ABC took on Kenny King and Shelton John for the Impact World Tag Team Champions, but I guess this was Kenny King's final match with Impact Wrestling. Mm -hmm. He was granted his release. Uh, the Rascals have a new member. His name is um, uh, Myron Reed. He's from MLW. I called him the Token Black, and I stand by that because he is. I did not know he was part of the Rascals at all. They were talking about it like he's always been there. News to me. But there you go. And they faced off against a bunch of luchadors, including Juventud Guerrera. So that was kind of interesting. Um, of all the shows so far, this one had by far the best match. But mm -hmm. it's... This match, there you go. SmackDown, uh, last week they got 2.119, and what I'm hearing from early... Uh, I, from I early heard ratings, I heard they got a big bump. Yep, I heard the same thing. So, Which is surprising, considering this was the weekend where they went up against uh, Collision head-to-head. -head. And Collision fell on his face and did yeah. absolutely horrendous. It, it was not good. Um, I also didn't watch Collision. Once again, uh, quality of life improvement. <laughs> uh, everything was essentially around damage control with the new members. Right. And 100%, this was the right call. It was the biggest shakeup within damage control, the biggest thing that happened at the end of SmackDown last week, and the follow-up was good. Segment before, they did backstage stuff to find the other person, and then Becky Lynch showed up, which I think is great. Uh, I'm hoping Becky Lynch and Charlotte manage to uh, keep things professional. It's, it's Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. They're going to be professional about this. But I hope that their personal relationship is at least somewhat mended given that they are working together. Right. In pro wrestling, there is a certain amount of trust that you have to have given pro wrestling. You have to like your coworkers, or else they're going to shoot right. on you. Anyways. And especially in a match with war games, you have to be able to do mm. that. Even though they're teaming, 
it's still a cooperation. So I'm happy about this overall. Uh, Santos Escobar went full heel, and I love everything about it. <laughs> uh, the Street Profits are the new tag team champion number one contenders, so that is cool. Their match is next week against Judgment Day. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they will be okay with this because Street Profits just turned heel, new theme, new attitude, and they're winning matches. And then you automatically put them with Judgment Day, who are pretty much the most over thing on Raw. Right. Unless the Street Profits are going to win this, this is not going to be good. Well, I think this might be the moment where they split the tag team champions back up. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So maybe they're only going for the SmackDown tag team well, champions. As of, as of right now, it's, all, it's for Undisputed. Right. And they, but, they, but, they tried to do that with the Usos, where the Usos would defend the Raw tag team champions and then the SmackDown tag team champions. Right. I, think, I, I wonder if this is going to be a more permanent split, but you never know. You never know. But other than that, there wasn't really a whole lot. I liked it. Uh, Ellie Knight and Jimmy Uso had a fine match, but really there wasn't that. Oh, and Dragon Lee and Axiom just had a freaking great match, yep. too. That was a very good match. So, uh, so a very pleasant SmackDown. I really like this SmackDown. And finally, NWA Power. It was from the 14th. Uh, EC3 took on Talos for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. We had Colby Carino defending the Junior Heavyweight Champion and Pretty Empowered defending the Tag Team Champion. So a lot of title matches in a structured show that I liked. The one thing that I have to say is that the NWA added somebody new, a throwback of sorts. Uh, Paul Burchill is joining. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, Blast from the Past, I haven't seen Paul Burchill in yeah. like 10 wow. years. Yeah. Hmm. So he is joining... I guess he's joining the Spectaculars, but essentially that's his way to get into the NWA. Ah. Um, but I like this. They are continuing to promote the territory system. I kind of wish they would flesh it out a little bit more, but it is what it is. Uh, I like Talos. He is, a, he is a good big man wrestler, and EC3 has dumb tattoos. I'm sorry, he just has lines. It's so weird. I don't get it. Uh, but it's his body, his choice, I guess, right? Yep. Um, but really, that was it. That's that's really my soapbox for this week. Peanut Gallery, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about Tony Khan's shiny new toys because right. I'm getting sick a bit. <laughs> you are? Yeah, I am too. All right, we are back. Peanut Gallery, take it away. Well, let's talk about some recent news that's been happening in the world of AEW and some speculations of... Uh, potential new signings. Now, obviously, Will Ospreay being signed with the the with um, AEW um, really isn't a shock to me. No, but um, Tony Khan has a problem with shiny new toys, and they're not even toys that he owns yet. <laughs> um, so, what is what is the situation with Ronda Rousey's contract? So, Ronda Rousey does not have a contract with AEW. She just appeared on a per appearance basis. The reason that she was brought on was to increase interest in the Ring of Honor product. It didn't work. No. Um, this is not Ronda Rousey of 2017. Right. Um, but we really do need to talk about this because I think it's getting a little out of hand. <laughs> a little out of hand? I mean, I, a, it's, a little it's, out of it's hand. been out of hand since time immemorial. But, um, you know, there's a lot of speculation going around that Ronda Rousey, Goldberg are signing with the company. There's even rumors that CM Punk is coming back to the company. But we really have to talk about this obsession with 
Signing people. Signing people. I mean, it's it's become almost a cliche at this point. It's been a cliche for a while, but this is getting when when you said it's getting a little out of hand. It is getting a lot out of hand. This roster is so bloated. Yeah. Where everybody can show up on every single show. Yep. It doesn't matter. And and here's the problem that we run into with having too many people on the roster is that it creates situation where storylines might get too overblown. They don't make sense. They don't matter. Um, they don't matter. Uh, you know, there's, there's every every week there seems to be something new going on with AEW. And now they're introducing a new title. Yes, called the Continental Champion. Why? Because that's what they want to do. I, I you know, again, it's it's the obsession with something new happening that really kind of rubs people the wrong way. It's like, what's wrong with what's going on now? Well, the problem isn't that you don't have enough titles. The problem isn't that you don't have enough talents. The problem is starts at the top. And nobody, nobody feels out in their own sphere. Right. Other than MJF and maybe Tony Storm. Those are the only two that feel like true, legitimate, honest-to-God stars. There's mm-hmm. no contender that I am see that could be credible in any way, shape, or form. Right. It's indicative of what the problem is. It's just... It's a lack of truly good leadership. And I hate having to bring it up all the time, but, you know, with with potential Goldberg signings, I mean, you have to be almost desperate at this point. They are desperate. That's the problem. This is desperation. They're trying to sign people so WWE can't get them because yep. anybody that showed and, and hey, showed interest. Right. And hey, you know, WWE was guilty of that a number of years ago when yeah. they tried to sign everybody and anybody that they could. Um, but there, there's such a thing as right-sizing. A, a professional wrestling roster needs to feel the right size, essentially. If... if- they were wanting to have everybody involved and feel and have exclusivity mm-hmm. split the rosters yeah. into their places. There are people who show up almost exclusively on these shows, but they... On, like, like Dynamite versus um, Collision. Collision versus Rampage. Right. The Hardys really only wrestle on Rampage. Uh, Miro and Andrade El Idolo really only wrestle on Collision, mm-hmm. and then, you know MJF, Adam Cole, they really only wrestle on Dynamite. Dynamite, but they have shown up on the other places, right. and so it's like, and then there are people that they signed a long time ago that aren't even on anymore. Mm-hmm. And I saw an interesting article last week about all elite wrestling not really being about the elite anymore. They're they're kind of they're kind of on the way. They're kind of on the sidelines, you know, they're not the ones who are featured on the show every week. They're not, you know, like it was back in the day. Like they are not the main attraction anymore, and that's really what the entire promotion was predicated upon: was the elite having their own wrestling promotion. But at the same time, that was the elite in 2016, right? Like, or whatever. Yeah, 2017, 2018, 2019, but. This Again, a very, the a very uh, different atmosphere. Right. The, the issue is, it just feels like WWE light yeah. again, and we said this before. Yep. And this is again probably TNA circa two thousand and eight or nine, whenever Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff came on mm-hmm. board. 
this is very much how it feels. And we know that TNA, while they did hire a lot of stars in that era, they were a lot of ex-WWE guys. Yep, and they just crash into each other. So. Right. Um, and I I don't see... I, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the situation develops over the course of the, the next couple of months. But again, there just isn't a lot of... of structure with this and and now people like adam copeland are no longer involved as much as they used to be like you know when tony khan first signed him he was on pretty much every show every week and then he was gone and he hasn't i mean he did wrestle on collision in the six-man tag Mm -hmm. and then he wrestled as the curtain jerker but there's no follow-up on what he's going to be doing after this point. Right. It was really more of the Sting tribute than it was for Copeland. Right. And and obviously, with Cop- yeah, Copeland and Christian Cage are going to have their whatever, their, their rivalry. It's starting to cool down. Yeah. Um, but like, this is the shiny new toy syndrome. And now he has another shiny new toy. And- he's going to get bored with it in right. a month, just like he did with Copeland. And Osprey will just be on... He'll be on every right. He'll be on every show, and then he'll get bored, and then he'll want to sign someone new. But it's like, at at what point do you realize that signing more people is not going to improve your situation at all? Yeah, it's it's just simply not going to happen. Right. And really, was signing Will Osprey this big deal? He was already showing up on the show. Yeah, he was. He was already pretty much a part of the roster, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would be shocking if he did end up joining the WWE, but at this point, it's like, okay, cool, and what are you going to do with him? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, Osprey, his contract is done in February, Yes. So... There's already two, three months of essentially him going to do nothing. Right. Other than the United States champion situation. Right. But who cares already? Right. You know, it, this whole thing is, well, now you're guaranteed that David Finlay is going to win either the United Kingdom champion or this champion because John Moxley is right. the other person. Yeah. But and then he'll show up on New Japan. What's the difference? This was not a big signing. No. It, it just simply it wasn't. It wasn't as big of a deal as it. Jade Cargill felt like a bigger deal going to WWE, and they're like, "Oh well, where is she now? She's, she's training. <laughs> she's been showing up at the Performance Center, unlearning. She has to unlearn a lot of dumb yeah, shit. She does. So you don't throw her." into the ring because WWE knows what they're fucking doing. Right. Hell, you think Impact Wrestling would throw, if, if they had Jade Cargill, you don't think they would have her do something a little bit different just to train a little bit? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We just don't know because that's obviously not the situation that we're in. But the point I'm trying to make is is that there's a lot of rumors going around about a lot of potential signings and you're not getting to the root of the problem. You're ignoring the clear and obvious problem where half of your arena is empty. People aren't showing up. And people are not showing up to your product. There, there's, it's, it's, and again, it's not because of the lack of talent. It's because maybe the talent is lacking somewhere else. Yeah, or maybe... They do not have the opportunity to grow or expand because essentially what AEW is are matches. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's for pro wrestling fans. Clearly, the pro wrestling shit ain't fucking working. Right. 
This is not Japan. This is not Mexico. You just can't get away with it because the culture is not there right. and indicative of the situation. Right. If they want to do that, if they want to go to England and be an English company, they would probably be very successful in mm-hmm. England. But again, they're not there. Right. That, that's not where this they is, are. This is, this is a different culture entirely. But I did want to bring it up again because, of course, all the rumors and stuff and Ronda Rousey showing up and the possibility of bringing Goldberg in. And, I mean, all of these talks with all of these people. Rick Flair. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a cycle that needs at some point in time to stop. <laughs> well, the, the, the way that it's going to stop is if Daddy tells, you know, son dearest, to cut the shit out. Right. And not the cocaine. That's a totally separate issue. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we're, speaking of AEW, we are going to talk about pay-per-view here in the next segment. Yes, we are. So uh, stick around. We are back. Peanut Gallery. We watched Full Gear. Here's the thing about AEW that I absolutely love. They always pull off something really good. Yeah, the matches were actually not bad for the most part. I mean, it gets a full, solid thumbs up. Oh, absolutely. Like so... Let's go into our first match, which was Sting, Darby Allin, and Adam Copeland taking on Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne, who are known as the Patriarchy, which I love, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christian's entrance was really cool. I loved it. And uh, I like this match. Yeah, it wasn't was a really it, good opener. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. There was a lot. You can tell that there was a lot of developments of the rivalry going on, which mm-hmm. is really good. So Darby Allin getting choked slammed by Luchasaurus mm-hmm. on the apron was scary as fuck. And Adam Copeland told Darby Allin to cut that shit out. And then that happened. So I'm sure Adam Copeland isn't entirely thrilled. But, you know, other than that, this was a good match. Mm-hmm. I like this as an opener. And for Sting's final match in California, essentially, I think it was a good send-off for mm-hmm. It was his moment to shine, and I thought this was very successful mm-hmm. at, that, uh, at that. So uh, there you go. It was a coffin drop for the win. I'll give it a full thumbs up. Oh, yeah. You know, it was a perfect opener. Uh, people were really into it. The, fan, the fans were great, by the way. So uh, Orange Cassidy, John Moxley for the international champion. Moxley, just cut yourself before you get out there. Right, seriously. This was just a singles match, and somehow you wanted to bleed. What is with this guy? In he has—he probably has a blood fetish or something. Oh my god! But, but this was fine. You know, it was, yeah. Uh, with the follow-up of the other match, this did not live up to that expectation because that match was superior. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was Beach Break for um, Orange Cassidy to win. I put Moxley for some reason. Apparently, um, Moxley is doing that. But yeah, Orange Cassidy retained. Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Ironically. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hikaru Shida and Timeless Tony Storm for the AW Women's Champion. I like this match. Oh, yeah. This was a good match. Again, Tony Storm knows how to put on a show and put on a good match. Yep. Um, I love the butler. The Luther as the butler is great. Mm-hmm. And with the tactics that they use where it was a hip attack with the tray in her tights, mm-hmm. that was a perfect ending to that. And people lost their minds when Tony Storm won this title. And now, I think she is a three-time champion, yep. if I'm not mistaken. So that is good. Hikaru Shida continues to be a great wrestler. Yep. And she definitely will not be, this will not be the end of her in the title picture. No. They, I hope they do a rematch. I would love that. And this doesn't get a full thumbs up, by the way. Uh, but yes, there you go. In a ladder match for the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Why a ladder match? I don't know. 
Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense, and it was just a car crash. It, yeah. was, it was a fun car crash, but a car crash nonetheless. We don't need any more car crashes. Uh, Big Bill, Ricky Starks were the champions, FTR, House of Black, and La Faction Ingo Bernable. Orange Cassidy thumbs Yeah, up. it was just kind of there. I mean, I, I, like I said, it was, like you said, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was fun, but this was to be expected. I think I probably would have enjoyed this match a lot more if it was just a regular match. Yeah, probably. Also, also this is indicative of how absolutely not caring uh, anybody is with this. They just threw a bunch of teams in a match and called it a day. That's not how this works. Right. Uh, this was by far the worst match of the show. I, I just I couldn't get into it. Oh, and by the way, uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks retained. I thought that was the right call because I like them as a team. This, I like this match. This surprised me. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Statlander, Julia Hart, Sky Blue. I really rail on Sky Blue in her matches, but she was really good in this match. You can tell that she's improving as a as a competitor. Mm -hmm, I mean, even, even if it's just a little bit, you can tell that she wants to put some work into improving her character yep. and her style. Absolutely. Uh, I Julia Hart continues to impress me yep. with everything that she does. And Chris Statlander... I, I, I gave them a lot of flack as it relates to her title reign, um, you know, following Jade Cargill's. It's, it was hard to follow Jade Cargill, though. Right. Uh, but these were the matches that I was expecting. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to put the TBS champion back on the map. Don't defend it all the time. Defend it less. Right. Then it feels more special. Right. It's just dumb that they do this, but thank God this match was good. And it does get a full thumbs up. And yep. it was a Saturday Night Fever, but it was a stolen pin for Julia Hart to win the belt, mm -hmm. which is like, why didn't, um, why didn't the House of Black win the tag belts? Maybe they're right. going to win back the um, six man. The six man. Or the trio, or whatever, whatever they want to call it. You know what I meant. Yeah. Uh, and then right after this was the contract signing of Will Ospreay. It wasn't a surprise. I, I don't know why people are like, oh, my God, this is a game. Stop with the game changer. Clearly, the game changers have not been game changers. So there you go. Okay. This was the match I really want to talk about because it's the Texas Death Match. I have a love-hate relationship with this match. Um, I thought the brutality was... It, it got really personal, mm -hmm. and so the brutality made sense. Right. But there was shit in this match that was so unnecessary, and it just is like, you, you didn't just jump the shark. You sexually assaulted the shark. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty brutal. Like, there were, there were some spots that made me personally feel uncomfortable. Yeah, Hangman Page drinking Swerve Strickland's blood is... Weird. <laughs> I mean, it's a little taboo. It's, I mean, it's, it's not, not only taboo, taboo, it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, uh, there, there, there were spots that I really did like, though. Um, I like the stuff with the barbed wire. I like the staple stuff. Uh, it didn't come off as tacky. So. But again, just some weird stuff that went on in this match. Uh, but once again, I think the brutality had to be there. There were just some things, you're right, that made me just... Personally, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, there was I don't know who approved some spots, but... Um, there, were, there was some stuff that was unnecessary yep. in this match. Uh, but I thought, for what it was supposed to be, it accomplished its mission. Yeah. And also, I think the right person won. Mm -hmm. with, the, um, with the choking, 
to Hangman. Hangman looked strong. It took that to beat him. Mm -hmm. Swerve Strickland won the match. It gets a full thumbs up from me based on everything else around it. Mm -hmm. It had to be brutal. But the only acceptable follow-up that I'm going to accept is for Swerve to go after the AEW World Champion. Oh, absolutely. That is the only thing. This was a brutal standout match. And now with all of this momentum, you have to capitalize it with that. Maybe you have winter is coming next month. Perfect amount of time to build something good. It's not a lot of time, but I think they can do something with that. And that would be a good marquee because people are like, why did WWE release Warp Strickland? And I agree with them. This guy is really freaking good. But that's the only acceptable thing at this point for Swerve. Okay. Like, seriously. Moving on. Moving on. I think I, um, I, think I accomplished my point. Kenny Omega, or the Golden Jets, taking on the Young Bucks. If uh, the Golden Jets won, which they did, they would get Young Bucks tag team title opportunity. But if the Young Bucks won, the Golden Jets would have this And um. And the, the Young Bucks are taking time off, I believe, following this. Yes, that's what I heard, is that they are taking some time off, uh, I'm assuming because of injuries or whatever, maybe contract signings, or maybe they'll show up on SmackDown next week. Anyway, uh, this was a good match, though. I really like this match. And here's the thing about Chris Jericho. He does not have middle-of-the-road matches. He either has a match like this, a good match, or they are literally... They are literally, they are literally garbage. And it's, so I am so glad that this was a good match and the stakes felt high mm -hmm. and it felt like that match that they had to win. And it was good. Mm -hmm. I liked this match. And it was one-winged angel for the Jets to win. I am excited to see how they're going to follow up. Now that's, this is kind of where that tag division needs right mm -hmm. now. Good momentum for the challengers. The champions really did well, and so they have a lot of momentum. Momentum, momentum. Put it on collision. People will watch that. So, there you go. And yeah, full thumbs up. I did like this match. And in our main event, MJF versus Jay White for the AEW World Championship. The whole injury angle thing... That was that was a Stone Cold Steve Austin circa 1998. It, it's unnecessary. Yeah. And now you bury Jay White. Like, seriously, how can Jay White lose to a guy with half a leg, essentially? Uh, they were originally going to be Adam Cole and Jay White, but then MJF came back by stealing an ambulance, and um, he wrestled a 29-minute match with a leg injury. When you do a leg injury, you don't wrestle a 29-minute match. That, yeah, and that was just kind of ridiculous. It was too long. Yeah. It was too long. I think they could have had a... Good, a very good match in 10 to 12 minutes. Yep, that's why I was thinking, like an 11-minute match. Especially given the leg thing, yeah. you have to play on that. And also, he already wrestled a match. Right. So, I don't know. Um, it was the um, Dynamite Diamond Ring shot for MJF to retain. He is still so incredibly popular right now. And I'll be honest with you, he, he is the guy who should be the world champion. Right. He is so popular with the crowd. But... You got to get that casual. Sorry. Uh, Swerve would be a great addition for that. But that was really full gear. Um, any final thoughts? Nope. Okay. So when we come back, I have a very special match that I totally forgot about until I was reminded. So we are back. And 
Uh, if I was a little bit echoey earlier, I apologize. I did not know. So this match was from NXT season three when they. So saw- this was back in the so back in the reality TV show era. Yes, and this was the one where they had the all women wrestlers. Ah, now. Uh, this was a bit of a different season because the pros were always on the apron mm-hmm. and they had headphones on that played over the arena. So keep that in mind. That's annoying. Uh, this is a match with Maxine and Caitlin. This match, <laughs> I, do you remember, remember this no. at all? Okay. Oh, and by the way, Michael Cole was still full-fledged heel, so his commentary is freaking hilarious. So let's let's get this started. So here we go with this matchup. Oh, good. We don't have to talk. So again, back in the reality TV show era. Yep. That's annoying. And this took place. This was was this a separate show from Raw at the time? Or, yes. Okay. Yes. This this was totally separate from. Right. This was uh, still on Tuesdays. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, this aired on Tuesday. I think it was still on Sci-Fi. The ring awareness is just not there for either one of these two. You can tell these two are green as grass. Yep. <laughs> this crowd is dead by there. Oh, I know the crowd. I I don't even notice the crowd there. <laughs> that was horrendous. Here's the cover. I think the only thing Alicia can say is future Fox. This crowd just does not care. This crowd is dead. This may be the single worst segment of this show that I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Michael Cole's a Michael Cole's a treasure. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm asking you the same thing. Do you know the two most famous people in show business right now? Yeah, myself and Brother Okay, you can hear the echo from Alicia Fox and uh, Vicky Guerrero. I mean, what even is this match? This was a match. This was on television. Yeah, I... Mm. I think this was voted the worst match of the year that year, too. I don't even know... <laughs> what is this? <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh, bragging rights. Uh, hey, look, Michael's on the phone now. Oh, God, it was this era, too. It was. It was that era. So this is... 2000 and I 2009. Could, no, what was what was that catchphrase? Is um, what was that catchphrase that the that Michael used with the anonymous Raw General Manager? It's not and I quote. It's uh, it is a and I quote. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was and I quote. That's what I thought. And I quote. But we digress. <laughs> I think it was 2009. I think you're right. Who would want to talk to Tony Chimmel? Because this was uploaded 12 years ago. No, 13 years ago. Yeah, Michael Cole definitely did not care about this. I don't think anyone cared about this. 
These two are moving slower than erosion. This is more. I, I think I think Josh Matthews is falling asleep. Yeah, I think so too. Poor guy. You still live at home, don't you? No, I was talking to my mom. Yeah, but you said I'll be home in a couple days. I'm going to visit. What did I do? Nothing. You live at home. That's outstanding. Oh, look at this. Here's a cover. Wow, they're not even paying attention to the match. They're just. And this is. Oh, God, that's just how bad this match is, isn't it? I mean, the hilarious. <laughs> is this match still going on? <laughs> this I don't even know what that was. I don't was. even know what that was either. This, this crowd has not said a thing. Yeah, I know. I don't even know. Are they doing moves? I don't know. I'm. I'm can, can. What the fuck? Wow, that was a bad spot. This is so. This is so bad. I think this might be one of the worst matches we've watched. I think I think you might be right. <laughs> this is so dumb. How is this match still happening? Is this match so is this match so bad it's good? I don't know. I think the commentary on this is hilarious. I mean it's so bad. What in the hell is good? Okay. At this point they're just making pornography. Oh, and that was the end of the match. Wow. That was... I need to go wash my eyes out. That was so bad. I mean, that was really bad. <laughs> so, if you guys enjoyed that, remember to like, follow, subscribe. And what are we doing next week is Survivor Series. Next week is Survivor Series. So, we're going to be covering that. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. If you like this video, remember to like, follow, subscribe, become a patron, get hats. All that will be in the description. And uh, suggest matches. Um, I'm starting to... I mean, there is no shortage of matches. But no. I'm just trying to find them. But if you have a match that we haven't covered, uh, let me know in the comments. And as always, be... Majestic.